is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Aramar, and I am joined, as always, by the two hardest working men in NFL Irish podcasting scene. Any more adjectives are things I cannot describe. It's Jake Wohead and Phil Malloy. Guys, how are you? Uh, absolutely living the dream. Thanks for that fabulous introduction. I feel very special. So keep bringing them on. Yeah, doing great. I don't know. I think hard hardest working is maybe a little bit of an over compliment. It's it's Even hard to get all three of us on one show at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're doing our best, and we're we're trying to put out some at least average content. Hopefully, working our way up to good content. <laughs> Fionn, you are the master of the undersell. <laughs> you are definitely the master of the undersell. But that bar is low enough. All you have to do is step over. You don't even have to jump. <laughs> You want to oversell that thing so that you always can try and, you know, work to reach that level, you know? Oh, no, so you give, always oversell. Give... I'm with Fiona on that one. <laughs> if we Under oversell and people believe we actually reached that level before, <laughs> you know? Not that we have constantly underachieving, you know? Well, we want to actually overachieve, I should say. But uh, this is your Week 10 recap show. Uh, a... What can you say? A crazy week in the NFL last weekend. Quite I like the term. Week. Yeah, I, I like to use the term drunk um, that the NFL was last weekend with various blowouts, various surprises. Um, you know, although I did have a pretty good week in predictions this week. Now, I can't say for sure, but I think we may have a new leader at the top of a prediction mm. contest. Did you have you that good of a week? Uh, it was that bad of a week for Fionn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I missed them all pretty much this week. I did not have a great week. I might be I might be having let it from week one. I might be on the bottom, I think, by this because Jake's not too far behind either. If, if there was like a six-game six swing, I could easily be on the bottom of the leaderboard by the time I get into week 11. Jake was one game behind you, and I, I'm almost certain, I'd have to go back and check the scores, but I'm almost certain he did beat you this week. So Jake could be top of the leaderboard. I think for the first time as well. Yeah, absolutely the first time. I had to get the act together because <laughs> they certainly weren't going my, my way. We put you in a big hole as well last season as well. You did, you, never you gave could... me the other terrorist picks and I was already, and then not only yeah. did you do that, you said, oh, whoever loses has to buy the winner a jersey. I was like, yeah. what? You put me in big of a hole? At least you just settled on there. Going half and half, I suppose, was probably the worst. Well, yeah, it was going to be half and half, but like I think didn't me and Fionn finish exactly even because uh, he went for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and I went for the Bucks, and then of course the the Bucks won, so that means that you had to buy us two jerseys, Jake, and we're still waiting on those yeah. two jerseys. Yeah, we both. And you, you will be continuously waiting for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, this is the Reek. 10 catch-up show uh, we are going to be talking about a few of the games it is of course the return of the wheel of topics we are going to be uh, letting the wheel decide what we talk about a good few uh, things to talk about of course this week um before we do get into it of course this show is brought to you by mcgowan's of bibsburg upstairs at mcgowan's is the place to be for your nfl sundays mcgowan's has everything you'll need multiple screens to watch the games and of course nfl red zone on their big projector but of course some tasty pints and some tastier food drink deals including if a player scores in the main sky sports games it, 
uh, scores a touchdown, I should say, there is two for one drinks for the rest of that quarter. Now, lads, if you did pay attention to our socials last week, we had a bit of a nightmare <laughs> with one of those games, especially it was the Titans and and Saints game, and and guys were list obviously uh, trainers on the Saints and the Titans were paying attention to us because we originally had Alvin Kamara. He then went down and was out for the game. We then picked Julio Jones. He went down, pulled his hamstring on IR, out for three weeks. So then we went for AJ Brown, and you would think the way things are, and that he would score a touchdown. No, <laughs> nothing. nothing. It was peace. So we, it was we couldn't peace. get anyone a free point, but uh, <laughs> look, we, we get anyone it, it, in the in the late game because we had Devontae Adams in the later game. Well, not we had Devontae Adams. Of course, the vote is up to you guys. We mm-hmm. we just put the options out there, but in in that uh, you know struggle of the game you know that three zero barnstormer there after three quarters in in lambo and Devonte adams wasn't one of those players to get into the end zone so we're hoping maybe this coming week that we can have a bit better look hey we're definitely hotter on this than we are on our betting show so uh <laughs> let's try and keep that rolling for now yeah that's why you've seen a hiatus on the betting show recently because we just can't get around to recording it because we just don't want to record us telling you which <laughs> don't one want going to embarrass ourselves <laughs> anymore <laughs> <laughs> we'll just tweet it out cuz you can always delete a, you can always delete a tweet when the when the bets don't come come true for you but of course we should always say uh, make sure you book your table for this coming sunday at McGowan's. now obviously there is a bit of um Question marks about what is going to be happening. We'll once we know more information, uh, we will tell you. Of course, with the the current uh, restrictions brought into place, um, in in regards to opening or closing times in in pubs, restaurants, and bars, um. So we will keep you up to date once we know any more. And of course, as always, thank you to McGowan's of Fibs for for sponsoring the show. Uh, also, you make sure you follow us on our social channels twitter.com forward slash under center pod or if you want to do the easier way and make it less complicated for yourself go to twitter and at under center pod i don't know why i do the website uh instagram at under center pod uh you can go to our facebook uh under center podcast uh, facebook.com forward slash under center pod and under center podcast for youtube i should say that is where you'll get all um our shows as they go out live if you don't if you prefer to watch it there instead of here on Twitter. So, uh, with all the housekeeping out of the way, guys, I think it's uh, time to go to the Wheel of Topics, maybe? Oh, baby. Let's do it. Oh, baby. Let's do it is right. So, let's have a quick look here. Um, Let's just have a look, see what are we going to be talking about this week. I think we have about seven topics here for you today. So, let's have a look, see, and here it is, the Wheel of Topics. So, let's just get straight into that wheel. Let's just spin it. Let's not even talk about some of the topics. <laughs> Let's not even talk about some topics. And I think there's one there for Fionn that he wants oh, to talk no, about. Oh, no, I don't need to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers give the middle finger to the Seahawks. Of course, we have to talk about this one. I knew Fionn again, would be dying to talk about this one. Again, yep. I must state that I do not have any control over I don't want to talk about this game, but that's what happens. The uh, Packers beat the Seahawks 17-0. Russell Wilson throws for only 161 yards and two interceptions and his first shutout of his career since coming back from injury. Aaron Rodgers fared a little better. Not only the one interception in his game, both quarterbacks showed signs of rustiness after missing previous weeks. Uh, Fionn, uh, you were sort of 
chomping at the bit a little bit to talk about this game. So I'll let you go first. What did you make of Seahawks and Packers at the weekend? Yeah, well, I'll, for, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I didn't see much of the game itself. So I'm basing a lot of this on reports I've seen, Twitter reaction. And I think it's going to point towards my point anyway, because I'm not really interested in the game on the field. I think the Packers are a better football team than the Seahawks this season. It's very disappointing to get a goose egg. But what I really wanted to talk about is just just to reaffirm, Dara, just to welcome you into the bad football team club with me and Jake and try and get the Seahawks fans to start acting properly and respecting the process that is now involved with being a bad football team. What you guys don't realize is, yes, the officiating in the NFL does not always go your way. The problem is you've been a good football team for so long that even when you got these bad calls, you'd still win the game. And guess what? No one ever gives out about the refs if you win the game anyway. So I'm sorry, Seahawks fan, but you're going to have to suck it up. One time a fumble is going to be called a fumble, even if it touched the ground. It is going to be called a drop pass, even if he definitely kept it off the ground. And I'm sorry, I don't want to listen to Pete, I'm 107 years of age, Carol, talk about the refereeing is the reason we is a major reason we lost this game. Pete, you scored zero points. Zero. And you're the head coach. Russell Wilson has hit the cliff. I'm now fully onto that. Now it's a real cliff. It's not even a little step of a cliff. A hundred and something yards and two interceptions and no points. That's a full-on, full-blown cliff. Cliffs of Moher he's on now. Like UNESCO World Heritage Cliffs. Uh, yeah, I'm all out on the Seahawks. And I just want you guys to just quit your whining, quit your whinging. Me and Jake, do we ever complain about the refs, Jake? No, because no. the reality is as bad as the refs played, when you're a bad football team, you always play worse than the refs play. So just suck it up, deal with it, and accept your fate for this season, I'm afraid, there. I don't think this, uh, to be fair now, I don't think, I don't think there is many Seahawks fans that had the same mindset as Pete Carroll saying that it was the referee's fault they lost that game on Sunday. Well, <laughs> it was, there was a person's fault who was, and it was Russell Wilson's fault that they lost that game on, on Sunday. I don't know if you've seen that little clip of like Pete Carroll that looked to be throwing his uh, flip phone on the ground out of anger. I did. I did. <laughs> He's got Alzheimer's. He, did, he accidentally he called the defensive playbook on offense. That's why he didn't score any points. And what about he, when... Uh, when DK Metcalf decided he would get ejected and then come back onto the field for whatever reason, maybe this six foot five, 250 pound man can sneak onto the field and be all right with it. No, DK, you can't walk <laughs> onto the field. You are a human giant. You can't do that. To be fair, technically, and I, I, I was watching it in real time, um, obviously watching it live. And when the referees were, were giving out the, the penalties, and I think there was actually offsetting penalties for that DK Metcalf incident. I don't remember them saying at any stage that 14 was ejected from the game. They did say on sports some like conduct um, and stuff, but I don't remember them ever actually saying he was ejected from the game. So he was getting I can feisty understand. that game, though, wasn't he? He well, he was getting feisty because well, look, we spoke about well, it. you're losing. <laughs> spoke of yeah, and that was he went after the press conference. That's what he said. He was asked, "Well, what? Why did you do what you did?" And he says, "I'm tired of losing." And that's the thing. He's not been used to losing this many games well, um, get used in his buddy. Seahawks career. <laughs> and I I would start to imagine he's starting to get the 
OBJ sort of feeling there at the moment. Like, I am here. He's better. Throw me the ball. Why aren't you throwing me the ball? And I think that's what a lot of people are thinking at the moment. But it's kind of hard to throw him the ball when most teams are, uh, you know, he's in double coverage most of the time. Or Russell Wilson takes forever to throw the ball and would rather throw it deep in <laughs> deep for Tyler Lockett to be picked off in double coverage. But hey, look, well, what happened? As I, as I mentioned, I didn't see the game, but I have the stats here in front of me. He had eight targets. He only had yeah. three catches, though. Is that on him or was that on Russell? It can't all be on Russell. Yeah, it, it can't all be on Russell. You're right, and it, I, there was a few passes that were thrown. And like I said, the the, the Packers defense was fantastic that game. Um, they I know they're missing their best uh, corner in Jair Alexander, Alexander, but um, Eric Stokes and, and and Savage and Amos, and they were playing some really really good uh, football. Who was the other one? Rasheel Douglas as well. Uh, even Kevin King had a good game. You know, so or maybe it was just how bad the Seahawks were. But I, I just found it interesting as well because it's it's sort of it's following the same script as last year for the Seahawks, where their offense plays well at the start of the year and their defense is awful. Then they turn a corner midway through where the defense is good, but then their offense goes to shite. And it's happening again this year, where the defense have now turned the corner and the offense have gone to shite. Um <laughs> Last season, the cost offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, I should say, his job. Shane Waldron is not impressing a lot of, I'd say a lot of the fan base. I don't know what it is inside the building. Um, but a lot of the fan base, he's not impressing. And I, I think that could be down to his history because he came from the Rams where they have all this motion in, in, in their offense. And, you know, it's dynamic and... You know, you just see what Stafford's been able to do there and look what they were able to actually get out of Jared Goff in his time there. And it's not happening there at Seattle. So it's it but he was not the offensive coordinator. He was he was the passing game coordinator. So it's totally obviously different. So you know another this... storyline. Go on there, sorry. No, I was just gonna say there's 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 an air of negativity going on around there, like what you're saying about DK. Um the running back situation is a problem. They've never not properly addressed that. They brought back Chris Carson, but they knew Chris Carson had injury trouble from his obviously from his previous years at Seattle, and they never really got a good quality second running back there because you see in how most NFL teams do it now is you have two decent running backs, um, and now they've had to use Rashad Penny, who's not going to be there now, hopefully any any longer after this year. And Alex Connells, who is serviceable, but he's not going to be a lead back for you anymore. So um, something, something's going to happen there. And there's going to be change in the offseason. And I fear they're going to make the wrong change and it's going to set back the organization a bit because I think it's going to come down to Russ or P. And P has so much influence with ownership on that team that obviously he'd rather keep himself there and let Russ go. And that would be a mistake. I know Fionn, you're saying he's running off a cliff, but if you give me Peter Russ, I'm keeping Russ. Oh, well, you might be, he might be falling off a cliff, but at this stage, P. Carroll doesn't know whether he's in the Seahawks facility or an old folks home. But if you can get, if you can get three first round picks for, for an aging Russell Wilson, someone will give it, the Lions will give it three first round picks. Yeah, absolutely, but, you do it. But you're talking about the Lions to give us three first-round picks, obviously including this year's. 
There's no decent quarterback in this year's one. No, nope. we don't know about the next two years and there if they're going to hit. Um, also, also, the next two years, first round picks after that would be influenced by how good Russell Wilson does. So if Russell Wilson lifts that team to a mid position or a late, a late teens, early twenties position, you, you may know how it always up. goes. You know how it always goes. Everybody says there's no quarterback, and then come March or February, somebody's going to come up as a first round, the first overall pick. It always happens every it's single they year. Have to. It's what they about have Tua? To. And then the bad teams fall for it. Tua was, Tua was he not? Would you take Tua? No. For this? No. no. Russ two point Three uh, firsts. Not for anyway. not for three first rounders, but I think no. at this point it looks pretty clear that Dolphins would be willing to kind of ship him on for a bag of peanuts. I saw. I did see a narrative of a mock uh, trade that was done, and it was the Giants for three first, two seconds, and Daniel Jones. <laughs> and I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say hey, I'll take the three first and two seconds, and you can keep Daniel Jones. Well, okay. So of the you're saying there's no quarterbacks. In the in the in the draft this year, yeah. of the quarterbacks that are in the league right now, let's call it reasonable. Like, right, you're not going to be able to trade for Patrick Mahomes. Okay. You could maybe, maybe you can argue to me, you could get Aaron Rodgers if you really wanted him. But let's mm. for for the sake of argument, let's take him off the table. Okay. So, like, outside of the top the really, really top-tier guys who aren't going to move, who would your preferred quarterback be of the of the guys in the league right now? Well, if Even if get, it's a filler, if you were to yeah. fill for a year. If, you, if it's a filler and it's, you know, um, if you're getting rid of Russ, then you're saying basically you're going into a rebuild. You're going yeah. to try and blow everything up. Let's say you're going to go for it. You're going to wait it out. You're going to get Bryce Young either. So you might have to have this quarterback a year, two years tops, yeah. depending I'll on what he does. For. I know exactly who you go for. David Blow from the Lions. <laughs> He's probably the perfect person to take you for two years, and then you'll definitely get the overall, first overall pick. <laughs> Mike <for> White. <laughs> Mike White's a killer, bro. Mike White is a killer. But anyway, Honestly. we do have to get back to this uh, this game. The other story in the game is Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones is out about three weeks now. Three weeks, yeah, tough injury. And like I said, having a decent backup quarterback in AJ Dillon means that they're probably not really going to miss Aaron Jones now for the next couple of weeks. I I still think they will, though. I I think there is a difference in the two of them, and it'll it'll become more apparent. There is there is a difference, but they'll they'll still be enough for them to get through a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, if it was the rest of the season, then you would have your concerns. But if you need AJ Dillon to be the the lead running back for two three weeks. You know, I I could see worse options out there. Yeah, but those two three weeks are Vikings and Rams, and then the Bears. That's a gimme. But you got to get through the Vikings and the Rams. And yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like the Vikings, but they've an annoying habit of being a very <laughs> difficult team as they were this week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can see where Jake's coming from. But yeah, I like I always liked AJ Dillon. I think they'll be no, fine. Like AJ Dillon. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but. I think there's a, a drop-off between the two. Oh, I yeah, he's not Aaron Jones, that's yeah, for sure. I, I did see a tweet that the Packers' uh, stocks went up for sale, like, so you can own part of the team or whatever. And AJ Dillon bought one, and he just tweeted saying self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to pick himself to be the lead back now because he's in yeah. charge. That's what it is. <laughs> but look, listen, we, we'll get off to the Seahawks. This isn't a Seahawks uh, podcast, and 
um i don't want to like drown my sorrows on live on air so i'll do that in the privacy of my own home thank you very much so let's get the the wheel of topics back up here and let's see what we're going to be talking about next spinning the wheel where we're gonna land oh interesting interesting considering the week that's in it as well is a new patriots dynasty coming now we asked that question of course, because of the Patriots' 45-7 to win over the Browns on Sunday in a surprising result, you could say. We, we would have thought more of the Browns and maybe we didn't think the Patriots had 45 points in them. They covered the, they covered the points by themselves. They didn't even need any points from the Browns. Uh, Mac Jones, 198 yards and three touchdowns. Not a lot there, but it was a running game that really... Um, that really proved decisive for the Patriots in the end. With uh, re, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this right. Ramondre Stevenson Ramondre is that how you pronounce Stevenson, this? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, played very well. Came in for the injured Damian Harris and um, and uh, Brandon Bolden as well, playing quite well. So, what do you guys think? Is this going to be the worst possible scenario for all 31 other teams' fans that the Patriots My are coming first- back? My first thought when I seen that on the wheel, I said, my God, if there's another dynasty, Patriots dynasty, I might just go to a new uh, American sport. I might go for the NHL or the NBA. I certainly couldn't deal with another 10 or 15 years of it. No, I don't know. I mean, Mac Jones looks good, man. But the 45-7 over the win is certainly over the Browns is certainly nice. But I don't know if it's convinced me that he's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um he certainly looks probably the best rookie quarterback of the lot anyway at the moment. I think it's too early to tell on Dynasty, but my God, he suits the New England Patriots down to the ground. You don't want to call him a new Tom Brady. There probably won't be an ex-Tom Brady, but he doesn't. He allows Bill Belichick to just continue the same process that he's had, get some nice under-the-radar running backs who are just going to bash you into the ground and are quite good on the, the check down run game or the check down pass game, have a guy who knows exactly what he's doing at all times, doesn't have to be a spectacular player, but puts the ball where it needs to be in the right passes just to get you down the field and just make the game feel out of touch for the opponent as soon as you get on the pitch. Like the clock is already running too fast. You're already keeping the ball. You're already moving the ball. I think it's nearly more demoralizing not to be able to stop a drive of short plays than those big home run hitters we see in teams like the Rams and like the Chiefs. And it, that's Bill Belichick's way, and he doesn't have to get away from that at all. Mac Jones fits that role perfectly, and they've, they've nailed it. I think in a lot of teams, they try and go for that young, splashy quarterback when systems they've had in the past with success never really needed those quarterbacks. Uh, And they suit, like in the Ravens, it suited perfectly to get a Lamar Jackson-type player. But I think for the Patriots, Mac Jones was the perfect guy. He is developing in the perfect way. And Bill Belichick is only asking him to do what he's very good at doing. And that's a very good... I I agree with Jake. I don't think he's going to win the Super Bowl this year or even in the next three years. But I can easily see him being a very successful New England Patriots quarterback for the next 10 or 15 seasons because he does exactly what they need him to do. But it's nice. It's, it's also another point that they had a really nice team built around him as well. So they gave him a nice, nice offensive line. That's probably in the upper tier of the offensive lines, maybe 
like maybe out of 32 teams, he's the offensive line is 14 or something. I don't know. They gave him uh, two nice tight ends who are good at blocking and can catch. I know John who hasn't had the season that we all expect them to. And as you said, Fio, they got the running backs in. So that gives rookie quarterbacks the easiest job in the world is they get to do the handoff, they get to play action, and then they have the tight ends open somewhere along the way and they're reliable. So you get that. It makes and, it a lot easier for them. And Bill Belichick's way as well is like, hey, Mac Jones, you're not special. You're not bigger than this team. You're not You're not the franchise. Look at Fields as, as much as everyone wants to love or hate him. I don't think he can deny, though. He clearly has that drive to make a flash play, right? And that's going to work well for him sometimes. Hero it's going to work poorly for him. Mac Jones, now, I haven't seen a lot of his games, but certainly from the stats and from any of the highlights I've seen, there is no impetus. His coaching staff is, is not telling him, go, go win this game. Go show them what you can do. They're saying... Go do what you do really well and don't let up. Don't let the other team see a chink of daylight and just drive and drive and drive the same way the Patriots always have. Yeah. We have a comment in here from uh, Owen Farrell saying hashtag Niner Nation. A very good win for them actually last night. They actually won a game at home finally. And it had to be, of course, against the... Uh, against the Rams, and of course he just goes comes back in here, <laughs> beat the Rams. He definitely <laughs> did beat the Rams, and it was actually a fantastic performance. The Rams actually looked like the Detroit Lions uh, a little bit there last night with uh, Matt Stafford under center. But going back to the Patriots, and you know, actually, I want to flip over to the other side of that game and to the Bear, the Brown side of things, um, because Baker struggled in that game. He, he obviously had to go out in the third quarter with an injury and, and Case Keenum came in. But can I want to ask you this, and it was a note that I took down during, like, do you think Baker is hurting his contract chances more now by refusing to sit out and go on IR for three weeks to rest his shoulder? Um, I think that's, you know... If he sat down and missed the three games and maybe if Case Keenum came in and he struggled, it would have raised Baker's price a little bit or at least kept it at that high level that he's that he's expecting. But I think he's done himself not just obviously damage to his shoulder, but damage possibly to his uh to his bag in the offseason. I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. Like I kind of see where you're coming from, but also he played quite well the week before. Uh, on the same torn labrum, I think it is in his shoulder, with in his non-throwing shoulder. So, um, I don't know. Does it really make a difference? He obviously laid a horrible goose egg this game, but he was down a few players that obviously made a difference for him. So, do I think it's affecting his bag? I don't think so. Do I think he's the best quarterback in the world? Definitely not. But he's going to get paid regardless. He he's going to be the Browns' quarterback. Well, I think that's what he's a little bit worried about, Jake. Like you said, he has not been a bad quarterback at all. And the Browns, I think, have this headache that every team gets when you've been bad for so long. And Washington's going to get it on the next reasonably average quarterback that we get. You go, oh, God, we had so many bad quarterbacks in a row. Do we want to keep a definitely average one or do we want to go and find a good one? And I think the Browns are stuck. And I think Baker Nayfield knows that, right? He's had some success He's definitely, I think you could argue, turned that franchise around with the help of the running game. But has he done enough to warrant that you are 100% going to be the, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns and get that long-term, right, that five-year, six-year contract? I don't think so. And I think right now he's trying to show 
He's got, trying to run into his brand a little bit and say, I'm the tough guy, right? I'm the, I'm the gunslinger. I'm going to hang in there. And that's what you're getting. You might not get this superstar guaranteed Super Bowl quarterback, but you are going to get is a quarterback who doesn't miss a snap, doesn't come out of the game, carries the mentality that you want. And I think he's hoping that makes up for what is, in the end of the day, quite an average record that he's got as a starting quarterback. So the Browns are going to pay him. I don't know. They're just going to you, pay him. You see, I've heard, I've heard whispers that they're, that they're actually not, that they're absolutely undecided. And I don't know if they are going to pay him, if they do pay him, how long they're going to pay him for. If it's a year or two, that doesn't bode well. That, that's still essentially just no, that, well, you're better than the free agent market. I'm going to hang on to you <laughs> until something better comes along. Yeah, but what are they going to do? They can't go back into this QB hell that they've been in for so long. You might as well extend them. No, they might do a bit of the salary cap uh, creative accounting and give them a, a six-year contract, but the last three years avoidable years or something along the lines of that so they can spread out his, his cost. But at the, he's, not gonna, he's obviously not going to get that half-billion-dollar Patrick Mahomes contract. But he's certainly going to be in the upper end of the stars. He's going to reset the the second QB market because no one is really getting that uh, Patrick Mahomes contract again. No, maybe Lamar, but that's a different that's a different one. But no, I don't know. I don't know. I think he might. I think he might. Um, yeah, I don't know with, with Baker. And look, you're saying you don't want to go back into that QB market again with the Browns, and you know, I think they're probably as well placed to go back into it as they've ever been. They've got a decent offensive around set up around a, a, any prospective quarterback that comes in. They've got some decent running backs. They've got a really good offensive line. They've got some good receivers. They've got a good, a good tight end and Austin Hooper and David and Joku. So, you know, if they're not certain on Baker, this is the best time to actually step off of him. Here's here's what I see can potentially happen. The Browns extend Baker, give him, say, three or four-year contract. And then they trade Baker. They do a Matt Stafford, Jared Goff deal. They trade him for a veteran quarterback who's quite good because they are. if they see they have a, a Super Bowl contending team and they have a, quite a good roster offensively and defensively, and if they think they're only missing that quarterback, they may extend them, trade them, uh, similar to the, the Jared Goff. Now, you're obviously not getting having to trade away a first-round pick with Baker Mayfield. But you get yourself a veteran quarterback, and you then that you think that uh, adds up so that you can get to the Super Bowl if you think Baker can't do it. But I certainly think they're not letting him go. Well, they're not well, going to like fight him. But... The same question poses itself that we asked about the Seahawks earlier. Who, who is that quarterback? This is essentially the same question. Seahawks are sliding a little bit. And if we're saying it's Russ or uh, or Pete, and one of them has to go, they're going to try and get that little bounce back up in terms of a veteran quarterback. Same way the Browns, they've on an upward trajectory, they're going to want to keep that going. And like you said, get a veteran quarterback in. I don't see who that is. It's not, it's not Matty Ice. It's I'm not like Tannehill. No, I'm only seeing, say, in this scenario, like an Aaron Rodgers can go there. He say he finishes career as a Brown because they have a strong contending roster, good play calling for the most part, good defense, and he can get them there. He could be the difference maker. So that's what I'm seeing in this scenario where they, I, like, I don't think they're getting rid of him. I think they're going to pay him and they're going to be stuck with him for the next four years. We know he's an average to above average quarterback, but he's not going to be the difference maker for you. I agree to that.
Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. <laughs> Is he even on a roster now? I don't know. He, he was. was. He actually was playing at the weekend. They pulled uh, was when he? the Falcons pulled Matt Stafford uh, or not Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, uh, in the blowout against the uh, Cowboys. Josh Rosen came in. Yeah, and on his first throw, he, was in he threw an interception. <laughs> <laughs> I bet those nine teams that made the biggest mistakes in their lives are really quaking in their boots right now about mm-hmm. uh, Josh Rosen. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it's just I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting one with with the Browns that like if they're they're in. I think like you you were. I don't know necessarily agree with what you were saying in terms of Baker has the may have the power in this situation. I think that the Browns do because like I said I think the Browns have the best set up there they've got a really good head coach they've got a good offensive setup I think if you can get any decent serviceable quarterback in there I'll just throw a name out there and I don't know if he will come back to the team that he's with at the moment because it's only a one-year deal James Winston you think James Winston is better than Baker Mayfield in this scenario James in James Winston in that Brown side could do very well because he's not asked to do a lot. I think the only reason you're going to go for James over Baker is if there's a horrendous difference in the contract size. There would be a horrendous <laughs> difference in the contract size. <laughs> well, what about <laughs> if you're just going if you're going for a budget vaguely acceptable quarterback? <laughs> what about Sam Darnold? Get him no, in. Because, let him rely on the run game. Forget about him for like. 60 plays a game and just ask him to throw the ball like 20 times a game. He can do that. Sam Darnold is, is David Blow. That's it. David back Blow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. It is interesting. And look, the, the Browns are five and five. And look, if you were to ask them a couple of years ago, listen, you are right going five and five in the season. They would take your arm <laughs> off. So, you know. Let's let's not forget where where we were, people. A couple of years ago, if there's any Browns fans that are kind of upset with things at the moment, but let's go back to the wheel. We have a couple of minutes left, so I say we we have one more topic in, and we might do a dealer's choice if we. Um, uh, I know if what we have saying. time. What if you're basically have. saying now is, if we don't get the Washington Football Team, <laughs> one, we will do it afterwards. I'm well, look, we f- all we all get one because look. It's uh, I got one there a couple of weeks ago with with the Seahawks. Jake, you can have one when if the uh, if the Giants beat the Bucks next week. All right, the Giants ever do anything? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the topic we're going to speak about next next is jetting their way to the number one pick because the Jets are in a really weird position. And <laughs> apart from the fact that I am never betting on them ever ever again, um, they went down forty five to seventeen to the Buffalo Bills. Mike White, I had the hot take that he'll win more games than Zach Wilson. He obviously was listening to me and got overconfident because he threw four interceptions and was pulled from the game, letting Joe Flacco in um, towards the end when he scored himself a touchdown. Um, You know it's bad when you're getting replaced for Joe Flacco this year. (laughs) Very bad. Very bad. Uh, 175 points conceded in the last four games is a very concerning number for the Jets. Um, I know we're still in the early days of the Robert Seller reign, but maybe he's just realized there's a lot more work to be done to make this team not even competitive, just relevant um, in the next coming years. What, what, what are you guys thinking? 
I mean, you mentioned the amount of points they conceded over the past four games. Obviously, the Jets are bad. It's even worse looking when you say we've hired a defensive head coach and your defense is bad. But you do also have to give them the fact that I think four four players have been ruled out of the season with torn ACLs or what other season-ending injuries. And they were top quality players that were out. I can't think of any of the names off the top of my head now, but I know they had some really good players that were missing. And you can't always replace top quality players with top quality players in the middle of the season. Now the offense, I mean, that's a whole different story. They added to that offense. They had a new offensive line. They have a nice running back in Michael Carter. And then they added Corey Davis and they have Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore. I want to say the rookie wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, it that was like, yeah, we'll add all these players and yet that's still sputtering. It's like a car that's missing spark plugs. I don't know what it is, whether it's whether it's the play calling or is it still the coaching? I don't know, but man, that just does not look good. It didn't look good with Mike White in this game. It didn't look good with Zach Wilson a few weeks ago. I don't know what the solution is here. Uh, I think their big problem is that they're not going to get the number one pick even being this bad. And the reason is there's three even worse teams in the way of the number one pick. Number one being the Lions, who did somehow manage to tie with the pretty toothless Steelers. But then Mason Rudolph is missing quite a lot of his brain after Miles Garrett bashed it out of it. So that's probably unsurprising. But I mean, there's a lot of bad teams in the way. The Lions do not have a very easy record or a very easy schedule to end the season. The Texans are also really bad. They play the Jets in two weeks. So that might decide where the number one pick is going in that game. And then even worse than that, the Jaguars as well, who also play, I believe, the Texans between now and the end of the season. So there's a lot of really bad teams who are going to be playing each other between now and the end of the season and depending on what way that breaks the unfortunate Jets could find themselves barely picking inside the top five which would not be Here, good of course here's what I'll say though the Jets they're not going to go for a quarterback so they don't need right, to be exactly, first yeah. or second they will really be fighting with probably the Jaguars for the third or fourth spot probably at this stage so that means they're going to be fighting over probably the top uh, tackle or top defensive lineman I buy they're going to be fighting over it they're not going to be gone. They don't need to be first or second. They just need to be third or fourth. Well, there's a lot of um, very good players uh, that would be going onto the free agent market this coming off season. If you're the Jets ownership, do you go and pay over the odds to get some of these players? No, I don't think you ever go over the odds to get these players in free agency. You, you try and lure. How do you improve your team then? Piece by piece, I don't. I think you're just going to lose your money if you try and jump it all together because you have to have a plan. You can't just go out there and see the names up in lights. We've seen it with quarterbacks. We've seen it with wide receivers that it doesn't fit the right style of offense or defense. Which I mean, the Jets have to fix both. But I think for me, it's about going about it in a manner where you can put together a stable core and slowly add a big name year on year that fits in what you're trying to do, then go out and try and try and sign four or five big names for big money because then you're hindering yourself even further down there. You're just pr prolonging it. I'd much rather take a slightly more conservative approach in terms of building up the team. Let me throw this name down at you because 
this is the this is a type of landing spot the Jets would be for this player if he wants the money that he wants, and that's Devontae Adams. He wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. To do that, a team with a quarterback on their rookie contract is the only realistic prospect uh, that he can go to. If you're the Jets, and of course you're one of those teams, do you go to Adams and say, we will make you the highest paid wide receiver to play with Zach Wilson? I don't know. I feel like they're not just missing a top wide receiver. Like there's a whole mm-hmm. lot more problems in. Oh, I I understand, but th- this is an example of just like one of the star players that would be available in free agency, regardless of uh, position. It. You know, I think you you've to you build the core of your team through the draft, and you supplement it with the, uh, depth picks through veteran free agency. We've seen teams spend all the money. We actually, in fact, seen the Jets spend all the money on Le'Veon Bell a few years ago, and that obviously has not panned out very well for them. So if you don't have the right players behind them, there's no point having that star player if you mm-hmm. don't have anyone around them to take the attention a little bit away because being the sole focus of an offense as a wide receiver just means you're going to get double teamed, and that's just not a whole lot of points. And, and like you said, Dara, even if you want to get... I think you you physically, as the Jets, can't sign a lot of splashy free agents because the amount you have to, as you mentioned, you, you have to overpay, but the amount you have to overpay to overcome any kind of other relevant offer from any relevant team, especially for the likes of Devontae Adams, if you have to convince them to go and take the money over really any chance of winning, the more of those you have to do, the less of them you can do. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you can't live up to the promises of that guy. He's going to want to move on. You're still going to have to own the money and dead cap hit. And so I think it's much better if you can convince a few veteran guys, try and hit that even second, third tier free agent and say, hey, look, you know, might not win now, but we can definitely overpay you and you can definitely get a lot of game time. I think that's going to help to grow the team more than get a few splashy guys in uh, that then in the end don't gel together and just end up costing your team in the long run. A few more, sorry, Niners fans we have here. There's a lot of Niners fans today. tonight. Um, sorry, we, ha- we can't, uh, doesn't look like we get a chance to speak about the Niners in depth, but like again, Fantastic victory! For Tell you what, you win, game. you win one game, and they're all over the place. I've <laughs> calmed down. Hashtag Niner Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what what about um, what about what Fionn was just discussing there with, with the Jets and, and free agency and stuff like that? What, what are your thoughts? I wasn't listening. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, Shh, I... neither was I. That's why I went to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like I think me and Fionn probably kind of agree on this way of building your team is if you you could spend all your your salary cap on one giant star player and kind of hamstring your team then, but you could then instead sign maybe four to five high quality depth pieces that are starters or just maybe not the top starters, but they're certainly gonna affect your team overall because. If they gel together and then there's loads of them and they're all like better than the rookies that you can pick up or whatever back-end roster people that you have, that's probably the better way of doing it because we've seen teams that spend all their money and they're not ready to have a wide receiver or a running back or whoever. And then you just hamstring your team and that player doesn't even want to really be there because now you're going to start losing games and they don't want to lose games. No one does. It's classic false economy. 
does one excellent player really make your team better or does three upgrade players at three it's different like, positions make your team maybe better? Maybe make it easier for yourself. Imagine you're th- thinking about retooling your offensive line and the best tackle in the market comes up, but that just means you have four shitty starters on the rest of your line. Would you rather have three or four quality pieces instead of one star piece on your offensive line? You would obviously rather have three or four quality pieces. You can't always run through your left tackle or just pass in that direction. That's a fair point and and, uh, and very well made, lads. It's uh, just me getting to play dev- devil's advocate a bit too. Uh, <laughs> just because to I think... Devil's avocado. <laughs> but look, we're going to move on from the Jets. Um, I think we've talked about enough of them during the week. I think we're going to have to bar them from the wheel of co- topics uh-huh. now too until they start doing something. Like the Lions, they're barred from talking about until they actually do something. Um, we have a bit of time left, Fionn. I'm gonna open the, uh, I'm gonna open things to you because we're gonna talk a little bit about Washington, of course, uh, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29 to 19 in revenge for their playoff loss last year. Uh, I should also welcome the Washington Football Team defense to the 2021 season. It's great to see you. You're a couple of weeks late, um, but of course, anything. Anything good has to be accompanied by something bad because, unfortunately, Chase Young tore his ACL and he's done for the year, which is a, obviously a brutal blow, especially with the fact that Montez Sweat just went down the previous week as well. For Well, he's not done for the season, but for a couple of weeks at least. So that defensive line is taking a bit of a battering. But Fionn, give us your thoughts about Sunday. Yeah, obviously, like you said, big, big loss in terms of getting... Uh, Chase Young out for the season, but a big win for the Washington football team. I think it's kind of classic Washington. When I was watching the game, I was expecting it. After the first half, we played so well. I said, oh, well, that's it. We we don't do two quarters of good football. <laughs> and in fairness, we started off the, the second half, I beg your pardon, two halves of good football. And we started off the second half looking exactly on that trend where we gave up the big touchdown, miscommunication, classic uh, for the Washington football defense, but no, we managed to stick it out. And I think I wanted to put on the board that the Washington football team were going to win the NFC East, and I, that was a that was a bit of a I don't know a false Bold promise. I thought, I thought, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily realistic. Number one, unfortunately, Dallas are too far ahead, and they've too easy a schedule to finish the year for us to catch them. Uh, but I do want to give Washington credit. Only briefly, I don't believe that we're a good football team yet, and I don't want us to waste too much of our breath. But I would like to give us a little bit of credit on the offense. We are doing this with our backup quarterback. Everyone kind of forgets that because he's played so much. Uh, And we have seen him week on week improve in little areas that are making him a little bit more competitive in games. He is no longer living on his wits we went really completely flat and short as a, as an offense over the last couple of weeks, looking at check downs, shallow, nothing really over 20 yards. He slowly extended himself this Sunday. That showed a couple of bigger plays, a couple of important first down plays. And that's it. It's about him learning. He doesn't have to do that every time, but he also can't do it never. He has to balance that out slowly. Uh, and I think, look, weirdly Tampa Bay was the perfect team for us in that we we do well when the quarterback has to stay in the pocket and Tom Brady was never going to threaten us outside the pocket we have enough talent on that defensive line to put him under pressure we did have uh, Jackson back 
uh, at cornerback. That was always going to add a little bit more jeopardy when they were throwing the ball. And we're fast in the linebacker. Cole Holcomb makes a lot of good tackles for us. Uh, but by no means are we a, a top-tier defense. I'm not going to say that. Um, we're not a top-tier offense. But my God, how good do McLaren and Gibson look? They are, I would say, by far our two best players this season on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. The, like, the two of them look great. They're definitely good pieces to build around. And, it, I mean, i got to be honest with you, Washington would be a scary team if they had a, a good quarterback. I mean, like, say, for instance, it's frustrating, frustrating as a Giants fan to watch the offense of Washington run so well with a backup quarterback when Jason Garrett's play calling is getting us uh, two yard flats every time. And on third down, we're thrown before the sticks. There's just no point in it. It's so frustrating to watch that kind of game when you know in a different type of game plan that Sue having, I mean, they're probably similar enough rosters, really. If you kind of look it down to it, the coaching just comes down terribly bad. Now, uh, you are right, they're not going to win the NFC East. Unfortunately for both of us, Dallas looks a bit too strong this year for either of us to catch up with them. It's not out of the question that a wild card spot is there. Anyway, the team looked like they could do it. Now, would they get far? It's kind of similar to last year um, or the year before. There's no point in getting there because you're going to then be picking up uh, 15 or 20 in the draft and then just you're not going to get whoever you want anyway. So, Yeah. Uh, before I, I talk about the game, Fionn Owen wants to know, what would you like the football team to be called? You know what? I'm one of the weirdos. Obviously, being in Europe, like I kind of like the Washington football team. It's a little bit different. It annoys Jake. That's always important when your enemies don't like your name. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy. I don't, I don't like the red tails. I don't like every when you see the process, everything feels so manufactured. Even these new teams like the Jaguars, when you're our age, the league has been what it's been pretty much since we ever even heard of American football. So uh sure I like the the historical names, but when you see the process of picking a name, I don't know, it seems kind of uh artificial and commercial. We fell on Washington football team. I say keep Washington football team. I kinda like it. Yeah, no. I like the wolves. I like the, the wolves, wolves is not the worst, I but like the wolves. it's not really like it doesn't have a whole lot of connection to Washington DC. Is there not a, a native wolf, the red wolf? Is that not what the whole point of it was? No, I think native that was just, Washington. Let's let's call it wolf, and our color scheme is red. So it was like red tails, red wolves, red robins, red everything, whatever you want to call it. The red tail was in homage to the the, the fighter pilots, wasn't it? Yeah, in, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. but it, it was a convenient homage let's put it like that it, it was uh fair, yeah. there was a lot of red tagged names not just the red tails okay okay that's fair i i like the wolves but i think there was one called i think there was one going around called the timber wolves or something like that but that would obviously clash with the nba side and i don't yeah. like teams having the same one from timber wolves is a shite name it yeah. is and they're they're yeah. a shite team in the nba as well so <laughs> um it kind of goes together but it was a good win for for Washington. It was good to see, like, good to see them have a, a decent win. And you know, we kind of all backed. I think everyone really backed the Bucks to mm-hmm. sort of beat them in this game. But um, you know, Brady struggled. You know, his favorite guys weren't out there. You know, he doesn't seem to want to throw to Chris Godwin anymore. He mm-hmm. uh, um, with Gronk and Antonio Brown missing. You know, he couldn't really get the ball to Evans much either. Obviously, he had that lot that forty yard touchdown. 
mm-hmm. where Evans beautifully got away from the cornerback. Who was it covering? The, well, it was a complete side? foul and a offensive pass interference and pushing off. But aside from that, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you won. Oh, you don't need to be you, salty about it. Fionn, I don't blame the referees, Malloy. Here. I didn't blame the referee. I blame Mike Evans for being a dirty football player who doesn't respect the rules. <laughs> oh, good. Well, no, in fairness, it was once again a bad switch over and the safety was late getting over. I think he was kind of... The, the corner was supposed to be playing trail technique and the safety over the top, and neither of them did both of those things. So that led to a pretty easy 40-yard touchdown. I don't know how many of them I've had to, to look at. And sorry for cutting you off, Dara, but yeah, I think for, for you, for the likes of you and Jake, actually for once, a decent game of football. I, every time I've been watching Washington, it doesn't feel like the other teams. There's no... They never felt like there was any threat or any confidence... And okay, I was definitely nervous, especially the second half because of our, our history. But that first half, it was a genuinely good football game. Yeah, Tom Brady, who didn't have all his weapons, it wasn't on fire. But it also wasn't complete because he was bad. We were actually kind of competitive, making it difficult. And yeah. like you remember, if you think back to the to the Atlanta game, that's the thing I missed the most. Just make, make it difficult. I don't mind if you lose. Make it look hard to do. Like it's not you came in with a game plan. You didn't even have to change it. It worked to perfection. We were exactly what we are on tape, and you can kind of work your way around it. But uh, yeah, I, I that's what I liked the most. It was it was genuinely a good game of football, and the Buccaneers had to work really hard for every point that they got. And luckily, we had enough to hold on at the end. Yeah, and I will say. It was a beautiful drive at the end of the game. Ten minutes, nineteen plays oh. to totally take the game away from the from uh, the Bucks. Uh, the touchdown topped it off. But what was the cherry on top of it was they go for the two points and they take the knee so that nothing bad could happen. That was genius. Um, so great win for Washington. Yeah. They play Carolina next week. Let's see if they can make it two wins from nice two there for you. Hmm. That's a nice win there for Washington. Yeah, well, that's Reigns. That's Reigns' team, my brother's team. So come back there. I don't know. I don't know. Oh man, I hope I hope we flatten Cam. Take the win right out of his sails. The minute I seen Cam, the the minute I seen Cam active for that game, I was like, yeah, I'm going out to Paddy Power. I'm gonna see if any time touchdown. It wouldn't give me any odds for him. Oh no, human. You would have got nearly two. Yeah, I know. Second hey man, one. how how dangerous is Christian McCaffrey while we're on the uh like the man is the man is eighty five percent and he just like runs around the edge of a defense like they weren't even there. It's crazy. Like yeah. he gets then, he gets ten yards every time he touches the ball. I think he yeah. pulled a hamstring or something as well. There was one point I see him stretching his hamstring on the field, and then the next thing I seen him run twenty yards or something. <laughs> That's it with him. He's he, the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit, but you're willing to live with that just for what he can do when he's on the field. Because like he made, he made he made he made he made us believe that Sam Darnold was going to be like this great quarterback leading the Panthers to the playoffs until he went down, and then we realized Sam Darnold was Sam Darnold. But yeah. um, I, that's uh, yeah, it's just, just unbelievable. I think yeah, that'll be tough now to see Washington try and cover him at the weekend. Um, to see if anyone can cover him at the weekend because the Cardinals definitely couldn't either. But I think that's a perfect place to wrap up the show today. Um, before we let you go, make sure you're following us on our social channels at Under Center Pod on both Twitter 
and Instagram, facebook.com forward slash undercenterpod on Facebook, undercenterpodcast on YouTube. Make sure you're keeping an eye on our Thursday night preview on, of course, Thursday. Uh, Of course, it's the Patriots traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. We have some fantastic guests coming up. Uh, We will announce them in a little bit, probably tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned to our social channels for that too. Fiona and Jake, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And like I said, we'll be back Thursday for our Thursday Night Football preview show. But until then, stay safe. And we will, of course, see you soon.